I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Welcome back to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we have been discussing stouts and stubbornness. This is part two. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And so where were we? We were uh, we had some stouts. Yes, we, we did. We had toast roast, pour one out. And we're back to the show for part two of our holiday stouts and stubbornness episode. Doctor, what does a marine biologist have to tell us about stubbornness? Hmm. How about, first of all, when you first walk towards the ocean, the sand, it's stubborn. It just sticks to everything. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And everywhere. Right. Yes. Perineum. Speaking everywhere. of perineums, yeah, that's, right. you're yeah, going to yeah. probably find some sand there, too. Yeah. Think of, <laughs> speaking of stickiness, yeah. barnacles, right? That's true. They're you stubborn. Know, think about it. Why do whales jump up you know, and splash around there? They kind of itch themselves trying to get those they're darn playing. barnacles off. Yeah. Well, they're trying to They're get doing those. it for the fans on the boats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what else is stubborn. Uh, stingrays, you step oh, on them. They, yeah. they don't like that. No. They don't like sting you, yeah. right? They're pretty stubborn. Bull sharks. Bull sharks are stubborn. Yeah, stubborn. They do not they know how to stay where they're they, supposed they, to stay. They, yeah, right. They, they go in they fresh don't. water. Yeah. You can't yeah. get it. So those are just a few things. Yeah, I think stubborn. pretty much everything. There you go. Those are some marine stubbornness. Oh, just just when you said stepping on stingray, my left foot started hurting, and it's been over two year, two and a half years oh, now. Yeah. But it, oh, yeah. yeah. Those stingrays don't like to be stepped Flashback. on. Yeah, yeah. They're went, pretty stubborn. Went 49 years without getting stung. I've stepped on a few where you film flap underneath yeah, yeah. you and really thought I knew what I was doing. Yeah. But, and it was, <laughs> this is not ironic, Tom. Okay. It's, a, it's a funny coincidence. <laughs> it, might but be. it came about yeah. 45 seconds after I told my daughter and my niece, make sure you shuffle your feet. There's yeah. a lot of stingrays out. <laughs> Guys, I, no, it's ironic. I, I think I, it's I, ironic. I I'm going to vote ironic. All those in favor? With an apostrophe. The ironics have it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, stubbornness. You guys need a beer because you don't have any oysters. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Get all beer. <laughs> so you have some choices. Where are we going, Jeff? We have Ooh. our dessert city, and we have a lump of coal. Oh, we got to go lump of coal. <laughs> Let's try a lump of coal. I would like a lump it's of Christmas coal. Christmas time's right now. coming. Oh, yeah. look what's in the cooler for me. Oh, another oyster stout. <laughs> an oyster stout yeah. to take home. That's yeah, right. That's lump of coal sounds good. Let's try that. Oh, a lump of coal sounds uh, good. Whoever wants a lump of coal. Right now, you guys are on empty. I'm guessing yeah. you guys. Yeah. I know some kids that are going to get some. And there's more Guinness when you need to do your side by sides. Oh, yeah. I'd like some more Guinness. Yeah, I would like some more Guinness. All right. I'm going to first pass around the lump of coal. Then I will get Guinness out to go with it. And we should have some notes on lump of coal somewhere. Yeah. Do you want me to, you want me to read what I've got? Yeah. Okay. So this is a Ridgeway lump of coal holiday stout, and it's an import. So this is a high highfalutin Ooh, from the fancy. UK. Um, so we're going to, I'm not really sure where it came from or how it got here, but it is in your cooler and it is a lump of coal holiday stout. So we are going to give this a shot and give it a try. Does it say on there what type of uh, stout it is? Dark holiday stout. A dark holiday stout. Um, mm. So I actually, yeah, I need a little Guinness too, a little, little Guinness, a little taste, just, just so I can. Because yeah. I would say, <clears throat> darkness-wise, this one's very similar in terms of the darkness. If you put it right next to the, the Guinness, it, they look identical. Um, but Guinness has a much better head because this one actually doesn't have much. I tried to pour it with a head too. Yeah, I, yeah, no, it didn't I do did what I could. But it smells not really good. Jeff's trying it. Here's some more Guinness. Nope, not really. Guinness. <clears throat> yes, Guinness. Thank you. Thank you. 
Are they with us or against us? <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to get through a podcast. He's still writing jokes. Yes. <laughs> That's what he does. He stays of, in his lane. Of various calibers. Now, I'm going to... To me, like this one doesn't have much complexity. Like you compare it to some of the other things we've had. It's a pretty basic stout. I like it. Yeah, it... It's all right. I don't mind a lump of coal every now and then. No. It's below the Guinness line for me. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, far below, perhaps. How strong is it? It's watery. That's, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I would say this like is the weakest. This is the weakest stout we've had tonight. Yeah, that it's just watery to me. Yeah, it's, it's not. It, it's not. Well, you guys should have tried this oyster stout, yeah, no. by the way. It, no, it's, it's, it's way above the oyster stout. Yeah. No, I, I would not say really? No. <laughs> you even have it above the oyster stout? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a little sweetness to it. I In-house, think. I'm with yeah. you. Uh, um, yeah, it does have a tiny bit of sweetness to it. It's not bad. It's, it's very, to me, it's a, it's a little bit on the average side. Yep. Not bad. I would say if I was had a refrigerator of stouts, it would be the fronter. Yes. I would put it in the front so my friends could take that stout so that my hen house oyster stout could be behind it. (laughs) And I think for you. you, And then I would have the Guinness even further behind that for me. For you. Yeah. And then I'd have this Lost Coast also. Yeah, I would have the Lost Coast probably back there as well. I like the Lost Coast. That's a kid. But I, I, to be honest with you, Lost Coast, the oyster stout, Guinness is still better than all of them right now to me. I haven't found one yet that I like more than Guinness. Okay. All right. El Jefe is better than Guinness. I, mean, I find oh, that. Yeah, I, like find it, I, yeah, it, I really like the El Jefe. Yeah, I, I did good. like the El Jefe, but, but I'm sick. It's a different. It, it's a different it's a, it's, to me, it's, it's almost like not a true stout. Yeah, that's true. Right? It's a different. No, it's like I, an imperial yeah. stout. Right. It's an imperial it's stout, heavy, which I think is a whole other category. It's yeah. uh, sit back by the fire with a little it's a snifter. I'm not. Yeah, I'm sure. a beer whatever drinker. You, yeah, yeah. Whatever you want to do. What do you call it? those little glasses? They drink L- little bur- shot glasses. Drink cognac out of shot glass yeah. uh, taster for your flight. They have a name. Yeah. yeah. What are they called, Tom? Tom knows these things. I yeah. believe it's snifters. Yeah. Sifter or snifter? Snif- yeah, I think with an N. Sniff. Let's go with an N. I can totally tell the difference between a half and half. And yes. Where's the? Where does the apostrophe go in that word? Yeah, that's a good question. That's, that's the a question. Great question. That, could, that could change the whole meaning. The Bend shift, over and I'll show shift. you. Oh, oh. I wasn't talking to you. You keep your apostrophe to yourself. Yes. Wow. Oh, okay. that came right off the doctor's it joke. Did, yes. it did. Poor doctor. He writes all the work and then we steal it. We steal it. All right. He's standing over there in shock. All right. So what more are we? On, like, what just happened? We have more on stubbornness. Oh. Slow mo and the teenager. Is this a payback for last week and giving me the easy one about Chico and Sierra Nevada? <laughs> you now that's the you this, oh, yeah, the that might be some stubbornness. Yeah. Well, I, I figured I'd start with something funny in, in, in the fact that we, I think we can all relate to this. People that tune in to when, hear your humor. You know, that's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 They're saying that's slow mo. When, yeah, when he brings waiting. up yes, like yeah. high school football, <laughs> right, games, right, right. we're rolling in the aisles. Yeah. When your children are teenagers, you really—it's really important to have a dog. So you have someone who in the house who's happy to see you when you yeah, get home. That's true. <laughs> that's that's a good true. point. That is a good point. Uh, and then the other—the other one was, I'm not stubborn. I'm always just right. Nice. And that could be confused with your dealing with your wife or your teenager. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Dangerous ground. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, that's true. Good luck. Jumping in. Yeah. Jumping in. I, I'm talking about your wife, not my yeah. wife. My wife's an angel. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, dealing with stubborn teenagers who are raised by stubborn parents, <clears throat> not me, <laughs> such as myself, uh, is a recipe for entertainment and heartfelt evenings around the dinner table, wouldn't you guys say? Yes. Yes. 
Does Tina not listen to this? Is that what no. that's, yeah, that's why he can get away with yeah, okay. it. <laughs> Actually, she was listening to the, to the the stout one the other day. All right, all right. Wow. Wow. How quickly did you get that one out? This is a, this is a long yeah. episode. <laughs> I'm sorry, the porter one. Oh, okay. My bad. Pour She's me another here. stout, oh would you? Uh, no, but just remember, you know, we were the, the stupid know-it-all teenagers at one point in our lives, right? Yes. No, we weren't. No, no recollection of we yeah, that. I don't remember no, that either. No, no, no. But, uh, we were not the pillars of maturity you see before. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, I, I don't know. Just dealing with teenagers, we've all had them. Uh, Todd and I are the last ones uh, with one in the house here. Uh, it's just, I think you got to pick your battles. Uh, don't go in angry coming home from a bad day and all that uh set clear goals or keep clear standards and be firm with them uh open communication with your kids i mean that's the big thing that i think you know you always got to be willing to listen uh try not to raise your voice you know i always think a good beating every once in a while yeah exactly. sure. <laughs> i have spot. but don't raise your voice yeah but don't raise your voice well. raise your voice <laughs> yes i don't get angry yeah. i just beat them. I, I have scars <laughs> <laughs> um and then take some of that stubbornness and, and channel it to other activities. You know, you know, these weaknesses could become strengths you know, with regards to sports, you know, or, you know, academics or whatever. Take that stubbornness and channel it somewhere else. So I know. Me my, or the kid. Yeah. I, I know that my daughter, you know, when she gets, you know, upset and stubborn, I put, I throw out on the soccer field and boy, howdy, I feel sorry for the person she's playing against. <laughs> By the way, when I was thinking of icons of stubbornness, I thought of Rocky. Yeah. I thought of Cool Hand Luke, mm. and I immediately went to slow mo as a kid. Yeah, playing, oh, yes, remember yes. playing soccer? Oh, I agree. With slow mo, oh is my god! Yes. The most intense person in practice. In yeah. practice, and, I got to run some laps. Yeah, I'm not done. I'm not in good enough shape yet. We're like, oh my gosh, he never turns it off. Yeah. I don't know but, why my kids get it. But he was a powerful ally. That's and true. It, and if you were playing against him, it wasn't a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Some good memories there. So, but uh, any additional words of advice from the the gentleman at the table here? I mean, you guys have all lived through this. Uh, I see you have avoid power struggles on your notes over there. And, and <laughs> my wife and I had a different mm. approach. It was never lose a, a, a game of will. Yeah. Never Don't lose. Don't give an inch. If you give an inch <laughs> on one thing, you're you're losing on every. And we, but we started it when they were in the crib. <laughs> 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 because we were high school teachers. So we, sure, we were yeah. like, okay, we we, we've seen how this works. <laughs> Too yeah. funny. All right. So we Down. were now a. Are we having another beer, or is it? We're now a parenting someone, podcast. Someone. After dealing with just more beating. Hey, you know, yeah. you know <laughs> after dealing with teenagers, oh. I think we all need a beer, right? I, yeah. I agree. By the way, I have twenty-year-olds, and they're wonderful. Yeah. They're yeah. they're yeah, at, they treat you to dinner once in a while. They're. I haven't hit that part. Yet. No, just I haven't a, hit that a one yet. pleasure to be around. Mm. They listen to your podcast. Yeah. Well, you guys have all survived, you know, the teenage years, both personally and parentally, and you've all raised really wonderful children. So my hat's off to you guys. Thanks oh, for thank you. That was nice. We'll pay you later. Thanks. Yeah. Um, that's cool. You might want another beer before I start this next yes. next bit. All right. Oh, okay. So we're going with the uh, Devil's Canyon. Is there a Devil's Canyon? I believe it's the pastry stout, right? Ooh. Oh, this is going to be oh. perfect. Nice. So Devil's Canyon oh. is uh, one of my favorite breweries up in the Silicon Valley area up uh, in uh, San Carlos. And uh, they do um, some phenomenal beers. Uh, their, their Scotch Ale, that full bore, is one of my favorite beers. 
Um, and that so when I saw dark. this one, this this desert, uh, it's actually not desert, dessert, uh, uh, city so pastry stout. <laughs> Two S's. So I think you're doing great. Two I appreciate the no support. Apostrophe. I appreciate the support. I was looking for the apostrophe. Um, <laughs> actually, I think when I ordered it, when I actually ordered it at the at the actual yeah. brewer, and I you said, "Can I get?" Seated. When I said, "Can I get the desert?" She did the same thing. She goes, "It's dessert," and yeah. I go, "Oh, sorry." Yeah. Um, so, anyways, the dessert pastry stout is uh they say it's a chocolate coffee cake flavored pastry stout that's lightly sweetened with monk fruit and it is inspired by what san francisco monk, monk monk oh with you said bung fruit that oh, bung fruit that no one. it is <laughs> monk. Would not be wait, good. Wait, i would not fruit. eat anything that has hey, been uh, sweetened is with a, bung is fruit. a bung fruit sun-dried you just woke up the doctor a sun-dried bung fruit wait you know what bung fruit is no, it's, tell that's me. a dingleberry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Uh, this is not you been sweetened. Quick, with, we will have quick. to look for a stout that's been sweetened with dingleberries, but that'll be for another podcast. But uh, anyways, it comes from Sports San Francisco, field. and uh, they say it's basically a rich chocolate coffee cake flavored delight. That's good. So it's delightful. Darkness wise, I mean, this might be the darkest one. Yeah, and it actually has a nice, nice, Ooh. nice head on the top, and it's kind of a I light. Like does this. not penetrate. Yeah. It's good. Shakespeare would say it's dark as oh, night and black as hell. Smells really nice. Black as hell. This is my favorite this, tonight. This is really good. Muy bueno. I'm putting this right at the Guinness line, mm-hmm. but it's a whole different way. It it's got a different, there. yeah. But it's good. It's very good. I agree with you. This is a definitely a, a dessert. Dessert. Yes. Hey, those, pastry stuff. Those this kids over one at Devil's beer. Canyon know what they're doing. Uh, that's a good beer right there. But yeah, it's very, very good. Are you buckled in? 9.3%. So don't get too uh, enamored with it because it can sneak up on you. All right. I got to dump some of it out because I did a full pour. Dump it out. Yeah. Just pour my All right. Let's see what you got to say. (laughs) Hey, don't be You have to get home too. Yeah. Uh, All right. You guys buckled in? We are ready. We are ready. And seated. All right. Here we go. I I spent a lot of time looking up stories on stubbornness. Um, This story can be found on Smithsonian website. I found it while chasing down a rabbit hole about the most stubborn men and women in history. I started, I spent about two hours on Grigory Rasputin, the Russian mystic, and really missed Joe Marler, then went back to him, and <laughs> who served as Tsar Nicholas as the second advisor and survived a bunch of assassination oh, attempts. That's what it is. But it led me to this story. No, this story is better. And so you can check out the Smithsonian website because I have done my best my dogged best to cut this thing down to podcast length. Uh, But I think you're going to be impressed. This is a story about an attempted murder of a man named Michael Malloy by three co-conspirators. Year, 1932. So prohibition's on. It's mid-July. Remember that? Mid-July. Got it. Tony Marino owns a speakeasy in the Bronx where Michael Malloy stumbles in trying to get get whiskey on credit. Malloy is a regular customer, but he never pays. He's in bad shape. He's always drunk. He's penniless, homeless. We all know someone like that. <clears throat> no known family. Yeah, gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today, except it's whiskey. He has no family, no home, no friends. Marino, the owner of the speakeasy, makes a business proposition with two of his buddies, uh, Francis Pasqua and Daniel Kreisberg. Let's take an insurance policy out on Malloy. We will pay the premiums. When he dies... We'll collect the money to make sure it's profitable. Pasqua says, oh, he'll make sure he dies quickly. <laughs> right. At the time, it must not have seemed like a tough plan because Malloy had been drinking himself to death already, or so they thought. 
Apparently, this was a scheme Marino had pulled off uh, about five years earlier on a woman named Bell Carson, oh. Maybell Carson. And so this is all really well documented in all the newspapers at the time, which I also went down that rabbit hole of reading all of them. Um, Maybell Carson, she was homeless. Uh, what um, Marino did is he fed her a bunch of drinks, soaked her down in water, let her sleep in the room in the basement of the speakeasy next to an open window. So she basically froze to death. She died. <laughs> and he collected the money. And he had done that a few can years you ago. take out a... Probably it's not. the 30s. I'll 1930s, I'm pretty sure else. you can do a little, little, little different I think they're going to die soon, so let's take out a policy yeah. on them. Yeah. So the three decide they're going to go for it. Malloy's about 60 years old. Like I said, really bad shape. So they took out three separate insurance policies through different companies on his life through a network of crooks that you know, kind of brokered that for them. And they stood to make about 3600 bucks, which would be Whoa. about $54,000 uh, now, substantial payday. Yeah, yeah. So they, I think it's like a bookie. You basically right put some money in on a bookie. Hey, this person's going to die soon. Yep, that, that's exactly what it yeah. was. So they commenced their plan to help Malloy drink himself to death quickly. And here I'm going to quote the Smithsonian because it's better written than I can um, abbreviate it, paraphrase it. To Malloy's undisguised delight, Tony Marino granted him an open-ended tab. Nice. <laughs> saying, what a way to go. Yeah, saying competition from other saloons had forced him to ease the rules. No sooner did Malloy down a shot than Marino refilled his glass. Malloy had been a hard drinker all his life, one witness said, and he drank on and on. He drank until Marino's arm was tired from holding the bottle. <laughs> Remarkably, his breathing remained steady. His skin retained its normal ruddy tinge. And finally, he dragged a grungy sleeve across his mouth, thanked his host for his hospitality, and said he'd be back soon. <laughs> and within, he thought he was in heaven. Within, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> with 24 hours, he Already. was. So Malloy followed this pattern for three days, passing only long, uh, pausing long, only long enough to eat a complimentary sardine sandwich. Oh, Marino and his accomplices were at I'll a loss. Maybe they hoped Malloy would choke on his own vomit or fall, a, fall and slam his head. But on the fourth day, Malloy stumbled into the bar. Boy, he exclaimed, <laughs> said the newspaper, nodding at Marino. Ain't I got a thirst? <laughs> now, this happened a few nights in a row. And the three thugs began to realize Malloy was cutting deep into their costs or, or would, would if this continued. So they thought about shooting him and thought, mm. OK, that's going to be too suspicious. They began uh, part two of their plan. Hmm. substituting his whiskey shots with straight wood alcohol oh. they purchased at a paint shop around the corner. Oh. So now during Prohibition, tens of thousands of people died from drinking alcohol diluted with wood alcohol, oh. and they were giving Malloy straight-up wood alcohol, wow. and he loved it. Yeah. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Quote, New York Evening Post, he didn't know what he was drinking was wood alcohol and what he didn't know apparently didn't hurt him he drank all the wood alcohol he was given <laughs> came back for more so after multiple nights of poisoning malloy with an open tab all you can drink wood alcohol shots malloy finally collapsed on the floor of the speakeasy this is like eight days in nine days in he just saying hey it's not quite a guinness level but i still like it <laughs> <laughs> it's still good <laughs> they waited a few minutes he didn't move so they all right we got him finally they went they checked his breathing. He was breathing just barely. They left him in the corner for the car, of the bar for hours waiting for the, the death rattle. But instead, after about four hours, Loy sat up, rubbed his eyes and said, give me some of the old regular, my lad. <laughs> 
months go by. Months. <laughs> and the cost of the wood alcohol and the insurance premiums are adding up. And the economic venture is becoming cost prohibitive. Marino started to worry his speakeasy would go under and he'd be bankrupt. So the th- part three of the scheme was implemented. Oysters. <laughs> they oh, began to feed Malloy tainted, tainted oysters soaked in wood alcohol. Guess what? He loved them. (laughs) They are pretty good. At this point, Marino, Pasqua, and Kreisberg uh, had brought in a few more co-conspirators, which is why this whole thing blows up in their face. Since it was fairly obvious that they were what they were up to every single night, Uh, this included a guy named Eddie Tinier Smith. Uh, They were getting desperate, a little more than frustrated, so they added shrapnel to the oyster wood alcohol diet, and nothing. (laughs) Didn't even phase Malloy. So part four of the plan to kill the unkillable man. One night when Malloy passed out, they threw him in the back of a car, drove him a mile away to a park, stripped him, drenched him in water, left him to freeze the night. This is December in New York, in the Bronx. Next morning, they found him huddled up in the basement of the speakeasy complaining of a a wee chill. (laughs) (laughs) All that wood alcohol in his... (laughs) (laughs) Antifreeze. Antifreeze. 100%. (laughs) Now it's February. When did this start? (laughs) July. July. February. They decide they can never drink him to death or freeze him to death. So new plan. Run him over. Yeah. First two attempts. He's so drunk. But the staggering Malloy somehow dodges the car. <laughs> Third time, they hold him until the last second, then smack. They hit him. They back over him again just to make sure. They pay a guy to anonymously take him to the morgue, went back to the speakeasy to celebrate. Uh, five days later, they decide to pick another homeless drunk, and this time they, they'd kill him fast. <laughs> and they'd start to discuss their homeless drunk options. The door swings open. <laughs> Guess who? Michael Malloy. Michael Malloy. Michael Malloy. I love this guy. Bandaged. I love this guy. Broken. Thirsty. <laughs> he, told them the, he told them the story of what he could remember. But I got run over. They took me to the hospital. I slept in this warm bed. They were giving me warm meals, but I really needed a drink, drink. so I came back. <laughs> February 21st, 1933, seven months after the plan was hatched, Malloy found dead in his tenement bed, a rubber tube strapped to his mouth and attached to a gas lamp line. Oh, jeez. A friend of Pasqua's, Dr. Frank Manzella, wrote out a phony death certificate saying he died of natural causes and the three went to claim their insurance money. They got a total of 800 bucks, <laughs> far less than they'd spent in insurance claims and, and uh, premiums, booze, and oysters over the last seven months. But one of the insurance companies balked. They said, nah, it doesn't seem Sounds right. a little fishy. Investigated, Oyster. finished the story off. The three original plotters all went to the electric chair at Sing Sing. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> all died on the first try. <laughs> wow, that took a turn. <laughs> there you have it. The story of the most stubborn drinker I could find, yes. Michael Malloy. I like that. That's a, that's a story. That is fantastic. It's a story and a half, isn't it? That's and, a trophy. That's and like I cut out, I mean, it was detailed, so detailed yeah. because they had so many people brought into this thing that when it came, when they all got busted on it, there were like, you know, 20 different witnesses <laughs> that said, well, we did this one night and we did this one night. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a great story. That's good. Oh. So there you go. Michael that's- Malloy. I guess it could have been also in the poor one outs, but it was a long time ago, 1933. Yeah. But we'll still pour one out for him. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> Tom, what's your thought? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's stubborn. <laughs> he's, resi- he's resilient. He is resilient. Yeah. You know what's backed by popular demand, Doctor? What is back? Everybody asking for it. All the time. Oh, I've been asking for it. But that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually am quite serious. I've actually had people say more yeah. of that. Oh, I... Beer or not a beer, Dr. Todd? Welcome to beer or not a beer. (laughs) Tonight, as always, we have four beers. Three are real beers. One is not a beer. I'm going to get it right Your task, your task. I got it. Is to choose the one that is actually not a beer. I've never got this right. And tonight, to start things off, we have a beer called Polygamy Porter. And they say it's hard to have just one. And bring some home to the wives. That's Polygamy Porter. Beer number two is Pig Ass Porter. (laughs) Beer number three is Pig Slap Pale Ale. (laughs) To be enjoyed socially without leaving your tail in a twist. (laughs) (laughs) And beer number three... Oh, sorry. Four, I can't. 11%. 11%. Penis Fish Porter. I won't describe that one. Yeah. Please. So please here do. we have polygamy porter, pig ass porter, pig slap pale ale, and penis fish porter. So gentlemen, what shall it be? I, I'm ready to go. Talent. Well, because you're wearing the shirt for polygamy porter. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know yeah. that that's a beer. Actually, I've had <laughs> right. it. Right. Um, I'm going to go with penis fish. Penis fish. All right. Penis fish porter. Joe. What's number two? Number two is. Pig ass porter. I'm going pig ass porter. All right. I'm going number four. Number four, which is penis fish porter. Yeah, I'm going four. Yeah, four. All right. Well, yes. Uh, beer number one, polygamy porter. It is from Wasatch Brewery. In, it's very famous in Salt Lake City. Uh, pig ass porter. It, they say it's from a Harvest Moon Brewery in Montana. After brewing, uh, after brewing their first batches, they actually fed the mash to the uh, local pig farmers. Uh, not to the farmer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we bought filet mignon for the pigs. Yeah. The farmers. Uh, uh, Trade war has been tough, fellas. Eat the beer mash. Pig slap pale ale, yes, is made by uh, Butternuts Beer and Ale in New York. And yes. You said nuts. Penis fish porter is not real. It's you know going to be discussed later in the and podcast. It, actually, it's a nice segue. Thank yes, you for uh, the segue. <laughs> so, all right. All right. This has been... Beer or not a beer with Dr. Todd. <laughs> and from the mind of the talent, another new segment. Well, here's the way it, you know, here's the way the wine worked is I would use, you know, you tell me, hey, we're, we're going to podcast. I need to come up with a, a roast toast, pour one out. And I saw this story and I'm sure most of you have seen this story, but I saw the story and I'm like, how do I make this a roast? How do I make it a toast? I couldn't figure it out. And then I was just sitting there and I go, <clears throat> really, this is just a a whiskey tango foxtrot it's like this is something that i did not need to know about so that's why i said i said hey guys i got a new segment we're gonna call it whiskey tango foxtrot or things that i did not need to know about what the whiskey tango foxtrot why the hell not say what i'm thinking because when i'm drinking it's hard to stop once i start like
So well, here's the here's the deal. So recently, um, a beach in Northern California, which is called Drake's Beach, was covered with thousands of 10-inch pink bulbous worms. Uh, these worms are known as fat innkeeper worms or penis fish due to their appearance. And trust me when did I you say, say penis. I did say penis. So fish. innkeepers look like penises. Well, there's two parts to this, and I'll get to that in a second. Oh, but, I'm sorry. But, but what I would say is that when you see a picture of these things, you will understand why they're called penis fish, and it will be very difficult to get the image out of your head because I have not been able to get the image out of my head since I saw this. So, so here's just a little background on the penis fish. Better penis. image in your head than taste. Never mind. <laughs> oh. Actually, speaking of Weird that, taste. I will yeah. I will bring that up as well. Um, the penis fish is native to the west coast of North America, so where we live, and is typically not seen because it lives underneath the sand in a U-shaped burrow. Uh, the, the doctor's here's, showing pictures of the penis, of penis fish <laughs> right now. So anyway, so let me get back to this. And doctor, I, I'm going to appreciate your insight in this because I know you're probably an expert. Okay, uh, doctor, can anyways. you take your uh, laptop out of my face? <laughs> the, uh, so it lives, it lives beneath the sand and it, and it creates a U-shaped burrow. And this is a really uh, classy animal because basically this is the way it works. Wait, it's didn't he a, win the Heisman Trophy? Yes, he did. Uh, and from the end of its burrow, uh, other burrow, uh, this worm coughs up a net of mucus. So just a big old net of mucus. And the and story it, gets prettier. And it mm-hmm. catches tiny seaside nibbles like plankton and bacteria that happen to pass by. And so the and worm... You, then you the worm nibbles. I did. And then the worm and sucks penis. this mucus net back into its mouth. So it spits its mucus out and then gets this stuff and then sucks it back into Please its stop. mouth. And it holds on to all of the choice morsels. And then you know what it does with the stuff it doesn't like? It shoots it out of its back end of the barrel by spraying a jet of Would water like out of the, its butt. Like the ball sack end? Yeah. The it, ball sack it, end. it sprays a jet of water <laughs> out of its butt spewing that out of there no those butts and, and, uh, and so here's the other thing that was interesting about penis fish is that they can grow as large as 18 inches and, <laughs> but they're uh, normally like 8 to 10 yeah that's right typically they're 8 to 10 yeah, right. inches okay and here's some other facts that's still about. impressive it yeah, is yeah, impressive right. I mean size matters um, anyways and and the, the interesting the interesting thing about it is actually wait, wait, wait that, that, that was pretty interesting there's that was more there's more yeah. well the part that, I don't know if this is interesting but it really more disturbing maybe is that Many countries in in Asia, uh, it is considered a delicacy, Korea. and they eat well. Not just that; I saw Russia. They don't even uh, cook Japan. It. They don't cook it. They, they eat it raw. They just grab yeah. a big old penis salty. fish, salty. Yeah, it's a salty penis <laughs> fish, and they just eat that raw. Uh, really, an image to get out of your head. But uh, so recently, what happened was we had some massive like a storms. Carrot. Yeah, massive storms here in uh, in uh, northern Cal- in California, and these evicted thousands of penis fish from their burrows, and then they were found covering. The guy that took the video was almost a two mile stretch of them, and they're just covered. The whole beach is covered. So now, like I, said, I know a lot of you are probably going on the internet right now. Yeah, you guys and, are listening, and, check and you're it out. checking it out. Yeah. But those of you who can't go on the internet, you're in your car or whatever. It's not really a fish. It isn't a okay? fish. Okay. It's a worm yes. that does look like a penis yes. with like one ball. Yeah. It looks like the yeah. thing that comes out of the, it's like uh, the asteroid. John, in, it's like the John in, uh, Crook Empire of, Strikes Back. So John Crook of it's worms. It's a worm that took too many steroids and one of the balls yeah, kind of shriveled it's the, up. It's the John Crook of, of worms. <laughs> right. The Polly yeah. Shore. Yeah. So anyway, so here's, here's where I fall back on all this. And after looking at all this and seeing all this is this was something else that uh, I, I need to, I did not need to deal with. So from now on, you know, you go to the beach and now it's not only are there bull sharks out there, but as I stand on that sand and I'm watching the waves or I'm watching the sunset, now I have to have in my mind that maybe a foot beneath my feet, there are thousands of 10 inch, 10 inch penis fish. Just waiting 
Right. To come out of the sand. You know, you, know, so, you know who's happy to have the penis fish around? Oh, the seagulls. No, no, the and mermaids. The mermaids. mermaids. They all have at least one around. <laughs> this is a family podcast. It is a family podcast. And it's I'm educational. Cease it and assist. I, I, feel like, I feel yeah. like we should have the little thing from what was the thing when we were we were uh, kids and they just said, The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an Wait, NBC or CBS. Hey, you know why they're called innkeeper worms also? Yes, because everything else eats what they. No, because a lot of other things actually live in, in their, their burrows, burrows. Yeah, yeah and they so like, like let them do it and then the go. stuff that comes out of their butt that they didn't like those crabs and stuff will eat that stuff right so in other words yeah. a lot of things, I learned a lot about a lot the things like fish. to hang around a 8 to 10 inch penis yeah, exactly. right. yeah. <laughs> that's well, why landed, size matters you landed 10 inch Jeff so is that descriptive or inspirational <laughs> well, I don't know we'll find out but that's Whiskey Tango Foxtrot which also stands for <laughs> what the whiskey, whiskey I did not need to know about that well, Agreed. Note, we need another beer. Yes. Well, Tom's brought something for us. Uh, in the holiday spirit from Port Brewing Company. What'd you bring, Tom? Yeah, Port Brewing uh, does a thing called Santa's Little Helper. Oh, that sounds like a penis fish. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Santa's you're gonna, you're gonna, They're going to be in your head now for at least yeah. a week or two. <laughs> Speaking of Santa's little well, helper. Could be worse. <laughs> it could be in worse spots. <laughs> That's a good spot. Yeah, I guess I'd rather have it in my head. <laughs> oh, Larry, I don't know down. where you've been, but I see you one first place. We are going downhill. Yes, we are going wow. We're going down Tom, a rat hole. I don't know if I can the talk. So actually, so. I need my day job. Uh, talk so, fast. <laughs> tell us about this beer, Tom. I think a lot of people are turning off this podcast right now. No, they're looking on the internet right now. Penis fish. Well, for those of you still listening, uh, Port Brewing Santa's <laughs> <laughs> Little Helper is a seasonal imperial stout Santa's from Port Brewing. Helper. Santa knows who's been naughty and who's been nice. Oh, yeah. Santa's Little Helper <laughs> starts with an emphasis on dark cocoa and roasted coffee or aromatics. The finished lends hints of sweet crystal malt, warming tones of alcohol no, and a malt. touch of hops Tom, you've been making naughty. a perfect accompaniment <laughs> to said. leftover fruit cake and sugar cookies Tuni, Tina I told you not to tell <laughs> Come, so Tuna. you call your wife Tuna <laughs> <laughs> coming in at 10% ABV this one oh, this is one seriously naughty but nice beer no. For those of you who enjoy Christmas year-round, oh, Port behave. Brewing takes <laughs> <laughs> the year-round Christmas Port Brewing takes a bit of the seasonal batch and they bourbon barrel age it for release as part of their Christmas in July celebration as well. So what do you boys think? Salute. I think long podcasts we get a little toast. More. Yeah, the, the more beers we have, the the pro, I don't know if it's the Oh, better. I'm having a good time. Yeah. I would say so here's the deal on this one. I would say from a a again, a color standpoint, it's got a super rich brown, very dark color. It actually pours with a really nice head uh, on the top of it. It smells fantastic. I'm a little worried about the 11%. You can taste the bit that's the barrel age. Yeah. yeah. I the, like the, everything This is the barrel age. The barrel age is July. Oh. I like everything about it, the coffee, the cocoa, the vanilla, the, the sorry, talent, mouthfeel of it. Yeah. Yeah, I right. like everything about it, we except about it's a little boozy. Yeah. It's a little boozy. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Al Jefe for 11% yeah, yeah, it was not like boozy. 11%. This tastes like 11%. Uh, if you could just dial back the booziness, yeah. I would put it at the um, the Guinness line. But but because it, of the booziness, I just put it Maybe just, they needed to put a little chili in it for that back end. Vanilla. 
it's or boozy. The it, <laughs> Thanks. It, it, I'd like a little chili in my back end, like the El Jefe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, right. Where have we about gone about beer? Now, yeah. I know. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I don't put beer in For the beer, to take the, just to give it a little spice. Are there Oh, I see what you're thinking. No. No. It's like, it's like playing poker with my brother in law's kids here, folks. So I'm doing the best I can with what I got. Or I teed that one up for you. Either way. Play the cards you're dealt, Jeff. Play the cards you're dealt. I like it. I like it a lot, but I I think put it uh, just below the Guinness just line. behind for me just it, barely. It's right there. So it's let's right let's there. actually real quick since that was the last beer we're trying tonight. If we went around uh-huh. the thing, was any anything above the Guinness line? Mm. For me, yes. You had one. I, I had one. I had Devil's Canyon. Don't tell me it was the Hen House. Yeah, I oh, really oh, like the Hen House. My gosh, <laughs> the freaking. I'm sending him. A, I'm sending him a message telling him how much I liked it. Wow. Yeah. I I'm going to say for me, I did not have one that I thought was no, above the Guinness I didn't line. Either. I had several at the Guinness line, but nothing above yeah, no, the Guinness I'm line. I and and the uh, the um, Devil's Canyon. Devil's Canyon was, was, was yeah. at the Guinness yeah, line. At the Guinness for line. Me. No, I, I think I had at least three or four that were at the Guinness line, but nothing that uh, I felt was farce. Well, you know, it's Guinness. Skinness. I mean, they know. They, there is a standard. They apparently know Obviously a thing or they, two they, about they, stouts. They've been doing something well for a while. Yeah. There's a standard. There so is. El Jefe was yeah. above the line for me, but I wow. agree. It's, it's oh. apples and oranges. But, yeah. but, because you got a cold and you like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the standard is the standard. Yeah. The more I sip on the Santa's Helper, though, the more I like it, too. Though. Yeah. Well, I'm, I bet you yeah. if you had a lot more of that, you'd really like it at 11%. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, hour I have two to of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, as we close in on the end of the year, we head toward the first annual ILB Beersies. Talent, tell us about the Beersies. So once again, the Beersies are our end of the year uh, annual um, awards. That we've we, done this every year. We've done every the year. We've so done far. the podcast. So far, yeah, yeah. So that's why it's annual. And uh, it's the awards that are given out, highly coveted award. Um, and it's the awards that are going to give out give out in a variety of categories. And And just remember... Uh, those of you nominated, it's just an honor to be nominated. Yes, it's true. I mean, win. We're going to announce our winners at our next podcast with Mr. Mike Lopez. Uh, but it's just an honor. I mean, don't beat yourself up. You can you can come back next year yeah, stronger, there's always, there's always better. Year. You know, fight for it. Hey, at least you got on the list. Yeah, All right, yeah. here we go, talent. Best microbrew hangout uh, viewpoint: Crux Fermentation Project, Ale Smith, because mm. of the Tony Gwynn Museum. Best beer name: Jump the Shark from New Glory in Sacramento. Drink this or beers will die from Duckfoot in San Diego. Unlock the Time Dragon from Cosmic Eye Brewing in Nebraska, and Latitude 33's Clouds of Tang from Vista, California. And finally, Wookie Love from Culver Brewing in Carlsbad, California. Not sit your ass down, huh? Next year. Oh, uh, that's yeah, on yeah, next year. Yeah, yeah. 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 That came, came in late. Yeah. The nominations had closed. Also, yes. El Jefe would have been a really good one too. Yeah. But yes, best fruit beer: Prohibition's Peach Wheat. Coronado's Buried at Sea, Pure Project Sunset Crush, and Final Drafts Miso Blackberry. Best Ale. Alpine Truck Trails, Pint Nine from Nebraska, Cloud Jumper, uh, and Duckfoot's Drink This or Beers Will Die. Best Mexican Lager. <laughs> Ale Smith's Sublime, Thorn Street's Barrio Lager, Rip Current's Corriente Negra, and Prohibition's Gringo Loco. Best Oktoberfest or Marzen? Culver's Oktoberfest, Wavelengths, Marzen Attacks, and Carl Strauss's Oktoberfest. Best Dark Beer? Little Miss Wartime's Chocolate Cake, uh, Aztec's Macaroon Nut Brown, <sighs> Devil's Canyon Full Bore Scotch Ale, Ooh. 
Bear Roots, Bear Cookie, and Backwood Brewing's uh, Pecan Pie. And Best Sour. McKellar's Raspberry Blush, Coronado's Tiki Sunset, and Latitude 33, The Wind Cries Berries. That's a good and name. And finally, Best New Beer Podcast of 2019. Uh, mm. So this was down, this is, there's only two nominees. So it's Drink Beer, Think Beer with John Hole. Solid, solid. Solid one. Yeah, yeah, and then this, this little one you may have heard about uh, from uh, San Diego, California. I like beer, the podcast. What? Yes. what? We, we were nominated. Yes, it's We were honor. nominated. Oh, yes. Woo, congratulations, it's guys. High five. Yes. 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 Wow. Yeah. It's an honor. Just wow. Kids nominated. with a dream. Yes. yes. <laughs> Come a long wow. way and hey, in, in our first short time. In a Come short time. Way. I just want to say thank wow. you for noticing. Thank you for listening. Yeah. This is this yeah. is a terrific this is, honor. Hey, it's huge. Going up against you yeah. know a titan of the industry, John yes. Hole. Exactly. But, but thank yeah. you for whoever's putting this yeah. list together. Thanks right. for whoever and, voted for us. Wow. Thank you guys. Wow. And good luck, John. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is an honor to be nominated. Oh uh, we Wow. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. We will announce so our proud. winners of the first annual ILB Beersies at the new year in our in our next uh, recording, unless we happen to stumble across a recording between. Yeah, we might. So stay tuned. At the new year, you're going to hear the winners. Uh, thanks for listening, sharing a few beers and stories with us. Uh, keep being stubborn about the things that matter most to you, and for the rest, Beware. lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Once again, happy holidays, and now we got to run. B double E double R U N beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer run.